Gift Biz Unwrapped, Episode 60. You get money into your bank account for something you created. It's a whole new, beautiful world. Hi, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to Gift Biz Unwrapped, and now it's time to light it up. Welcome to Gift Biz Unwrapped, your source for industry-specific insights and advice to develop and grow your business. And now, here's your host, Sue Monheit. Hi there, I'm Sue, and welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Whether you own a brick-and-mortar shop, sell online, or are just getting started, you'll discover new insight to gain traction and to grow your business. And today we have joining us Heather Ann Havenwood. She is the CEO of Havenwood Worldwide LLC and Chief Sexy Boss. She's regarded as a top authority on internet marketing, business strategies, and marketing. Since marketing her first online business in 1999, bringing together clients and personal coaches, she has played an active role in the online marketing world since before even most of us had a home computer. Heather Ann currently is the author of Sexy Boss, How the Empowerment of Women is Changing the Rulebook for Sex, Money, and Success. Welcome to the show, Heather Ann. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It is my pleasure. Is there anything we should do to enhance your introduction? No, that was wonderful. Thank you for that. Before we get started, one of the things we like to do is get a look at you and understand what you're all about in a little bit of a different way, and that is hearing how you would describe your motivational candle. So if you were to select the candle that perfectly represents you, what color would the candle be and what would the quote be on the candle? Okay, I guess the color would be pink. That's my signature color coming from Magnolia Steel. Um, have you ever seen that movie? Yes. It's my favorite movie. <laughs> my signature color is pink. It's not blush or bashful. It's pink. Anyway, I love that movie. You could just carry on with that for a while. <laughs> I could. So pink and I'm a Southern girl. And then as well as the quote, the quote is, does this feed my confusion or strengthen my clarity? It's a business principle and a life principle. And it's a quote that someone gave to me when I was in the middle of a massive financial destruction, uh, bankruptcy, foreclosure, I was broke. I had me and my dog and a car and a cell phone and I had to uh, get rid of my house and all my belongings. And it was only uh, seven, eight years ago at this point. And a friend of mine, a mentor of mine said that to me and it just, I looked at him like he was crazy. And the point of it was, is that strength comes from clarity, not chaos. And the more I was spinning, because I was spinning, I didn't know what to do, I didn't know what to do. I was constantly like questioning, questioning, questioning. And so I was just causing more chaos. And so what he did is he said, start to focus on everything you do. Ask the question, does this feed my confusion or strengthen my clarity? And I got down to granular, like what am I eating? Does that feed my confusion or strengthen my clarity? Going to the seminar, does that feed my confusion or strengthen my clarity? Like everything, this particular action towards getting a job or not a job or building a business or not a business, like every single thing. And so nowadays, I still use it to this day. So get on this podcast. Does this podcast feed my confusion or strengthen my clarity and my vision of my company? It strengthens my vision. So I'm going to do it. It's little stuff to big stuff. So I use it every day. So does it feed my confusion or strengthen my clarity? I think with women specifically, we can add drama and we add chaos to things, right? And we spin sometimes versus adding clarity. And when we add clarity to anything and attention, a mission, what we want, then there's clarity and then there's strength and then there's purpose and there's action. So I use it every day. 
I think you're right as women because we've kind of been programmed since we were little. Hopefully that's changing now with women of today. When we were younger, we were the ones who were supposed to do everything for the family. You know, hold the job, take care of the kids, possibly pay the bills, right. keep the house clean, you know, like everything. So I think naturally we were multitasking all the time, which, you know, and now everyone says you really can't multitask. Your brain doesn't really work that way, right? But that's how you get into this confusion and this spin because we've been programmed as women that that's what we're supposed to do. That's why we're here for the good of our family and everybody else. Correct. That's basically it. So, and it's just a really key principle of when there's clarity, some people call it goals or intentionality or things like that. Yeah, those are great. That's what I call bigger pieces, but just little, right? So for instance, last year in my 40th birthday, I actually walked across the stage and did a figure show. Okay. So got a tiny little bikini and got tanned up and asked people to judge me on my 40th birthday. Now it's not what I do for a living, but it down to if my goal is a figure show, so I have to do certain things, work out, eat right down to, can I have that chocolate? It's not about punishment, right? It's more about, well, does it feed my confusion or strengthen my clarity? It strengthened the clarity of the goal that I said that I wanted. So it's little stuff like that, down to health, well-being, finances, every single piece. I just think it's a profound element. Now, as someone who's like your show, your people are, you know, they have a gift. They have a gift at something they create. Well, with that, if their intention is to build a business versus a hobby, which I think is the first thing they have to look at, like it would be nice if I make money, that's called a hobby. A business is I'm going to make a business out of this. It's a very different intention. And so then you come from a different place of does this feed my confusion of just making it a hobby or does it strengthen my clarity of like I really want to create a business. So you actually make decisions based on the quote. Right. And it becomes, to use your exact word, it becomes very clear. There's a lot of clarity around your actions, what you're doing and what you're not, if you're going against what your goals are and, and what you're trying to obtain. Yeah, so absolutely wonderful. Well, long description of your quote, but Sorry, I think, I just, <laughs> no, I think it was really it. important because it's a really significant direction that we're going here. I want to back up just a little bit. You know, you lay a, a bomb on us in terms of, you know, you had some issues, financial issues, all of yeah. that. Take us back a little bit to the start of Heather Ann in terms of you going off on your own and building your own businesses. Thanks for that. I'm a serial entrepreneur. Now, what does that mean? That means that I've built and crashed a couple of businesses along the way. Nowadays, we hear a lot of people in the news like they built a business and all of a sudden they're, you know, kind of overnight successes, the Facebooks, right? I don't really believe in that model because I don't think it's necessarily the truth of entrepreneurship. It takes what I call skinning of the game. You know, you get skinned up and get beaten up in the game. So let me explain. So I started in my journey back in 2001 of being in the direct response marketing business and was a consultant. And at one point I started a business partnership with a gentleman and I built the business. So as females, you probably recognize this, he was the front man and then I was the one doing everything in the background. What do they say out oh, behind every great man's a great woman? That was the situation. I wasn't married to him. We weren't into a relationship that way, but I do look at business partnerships as a marriage. The thing about this particular, what I call business relationship marriage, I was young and I didn't ask a lot of questions about the, the legality piece. You know, I just jumped in. I was in the honeymoon stage. I'm like, oh, this is exciting, you know? And so I jumped in and I built him up and he actually has this business today. And I did a very good job. And we went from zero to a million dollars in a very short period of time in the information marketing business. So what that means is we did seminars, we did books and products and things like that, where they learned something to make money. 
That was my background. It has been for a long time. So we built it up quickly. And then I went off to an event for three days. It was a barking event. I came home because we worked out of my home. And uh, there's this thing called everything was gone. And the merchant accounts were gone. And the bank accounts were emptied. And I didn't have any recourse. Mainly that was because this thing called legality stuff. I just jumped in. There was nothing I could do. And so that spun me into uh, lost my house within 60 days and then complete wipeout because I had all the debt from the business and I had zero cash like overnight. Everything was gone. And bank accounts were empty. I, I had no backup plan. And so this really spun me because I was single. I still am. And I kind of had this view of like, you know, how did this happen to me? I'm smart. We weren't married. Like, you know, that happens to other people and other women, not me. You know, it was a lot of victimization for many years. And I spent three years kind of, uh, well, first in my car and my dog and myself. I know it's only Bill I had for a couple of years and uh, spent it with friends and couches and trying to figure out maybe I'm not an entrepreneur. Maybe I should just go get a job and forget it. And I really had a deep spiritual conversation with myself many times. And I call that from my journey from bankruptcy to sexy boss, because there was kind of a moment around three years in, and I was living in Marco Island at the time in Florida. And I had this moment of, okay, I want to do it again. I am, this is who I am. I am a fighter and I'm going to go and create business again, but it's not going to be just a business. It's going to be businesses. And I'm going to create something such that I feel powerful within myself and empower myself and empower others. And that's the key. So that's been my journey ever since. I right now run four different businesses, including coaching, dating business, a supplement business and some other ones. And I just want to encourage women. It's not about necessarily getting your thing out there in the world. That is one element. But it's about getting started and making the first dollar. That was my first aha, right? Is that once I make the first dollar in the business, it's a rinse and repeat, but the first dollar is the hardest dollar to make. Well, the first dollar is also so significant because it's like, oh my gosh, somebody is actually willing to give me, and yes, it's only $1, but that transaction is being made. Then you get this confirmation that what I'm providing, whether it's consulting or a physical product or whatever it is, is value. There's proof of concept there that it is value for somebody and where there's one, there's more. Absolutely. And there's a girl here in Austin, Texas, her name is Kendra Scott. And now she owns a company called Kendra Scott Jewelry. And there's a whole story with her about how she started from nothing. And I think she was a waitress and started with $500 from a loan from her boyfriend at the time out of her closet and created this jewelry. Now she's got like three stores and it's like a multi-million dollar company. And it sounds perfect. Like, oh, wow, $500 to multi-million. That looks easy. It's not, you know, <laughs> it's really not. But the first dollar, I think for her and for myself is the key piece. But people ask me, what was the lesson you learned from the bankruptcy? The biggest lesson I learned is as an entrepreneur, as a female, you have to surround yourself with advisors, not necessarily always mentors, advisors, advisor like a tax accountant, okay, a legal team, because if you're in business, therefore, you need to have these things. That was the first piece of me as a woman, I just trusted my business partner. And on top of that, he was a lawyer, right? So he knew, right? Well, and you thought he was out for your common good, not just his own good. Exactly. And his business is still thriving today. And you know, good for him. And I wish him the best. But it's honestly the as a female, it it was like, I it's almost like as a female, I didn't want to question him. He's the man. And I didn't allow myself to question him and go, well, I need to take this. I know you're an attorney. That's great. But I need to take this to my attorney, right? right? My advisor. And so now I have those what I call kahunas, right? So anytime I have an agreement, just like yesterday, I'm like, well, that's great. But this isn't in it. 
great. I trust you. No, I don't put in writing. As a female, as an entrepreneur, you start to be a little more decisive in your language and asking for what you want. You have to. That is the art of business. One of the reasons I was so excited to have you on the show, Heather Ann, is that so many people, and we all know this, we'll run into people who will say, oh, I'm going to write a book or, oh, I'm going to start a business or, you know, it's always in the future. It's always they're going to do it. They're going to do it. And the majority of cases, people never do. If I take you back into Florida when you Mm. had that aha moment where you're like, okay, I'm going to do this. It's not just going to be one business. It's going to be businesses. What was the trigger that got you to take action at that point? Mm. I'll say it this way. The whole business happened in Florida. So it was Orlando. And you got to get the timing. It was 2006. So I had a house I tried to sell it. But 2006, 2007, if you don't know if you're from the United States, that was when the crash was happening. Right. So everything was going backwards, right? Nevada and, and Florida specifically. I mean, my house went from a $350,000 house to like a $200,000 house in like a six-month period. Okay? So like, whoosh. So I literally couldn't get out of it. So I just released everything and went to 100% bankruptcy. So I'm sitting in Marco Island. A friend of mine lived there. And I just took a year off. And I, I kind of did the, I woke up when I woke up. I went to bed when I went to bed. I looked at a ton of sunsets. That was my big thing. Go look at the sunset every night. And it was beautiful. It's just stunning. And Marco Island is gorgeous. But I really realized that, by the way, the average age is 80 at Marco Island. So you can get the energy, right, of Marco Island. It's gorgeous. And the average age is 80. Okay. So there's a particular view of the world surrounding me, which was death a lot or the end, the other side of life. And here I am in my 30s. And so I really looked at that and I started to kind of ask all these kind of questions to these random strangers and people in their 80s and 70s, you know, because they're surrounding me, right? And they're willing to talk to you. And I realized something. I realized something really unique. I, I realized the people that were what I call retired from a company, like let's say a government company, or they were policemen, or they were a government for 25 years or something like that. I say this in a loving way. They were miserable. They were the ones who were just like, sick a lot more. They were, it's like they retired and then they started to die, even though they're surrounded by this beauty. The other side of that, I met some amazing people that were entrepreneurs. Like they had a business that now the business is off to their grandkids or whatever it was, or they sold it or, you know, it's their son or whatever the situation was, but they were creators. They had something that they left to the world. Even though they were still in Marco Island, they still were what I call active and and their brain was active and they were doing things still. Like I notice, it's not about working for 25 years. It's about what you create in the world. And that was the aha. And so I said, you know what? I want to create again. I want to build something again. I want to look at when I'm 80, go like, yeah, I built that. It might have failed. It might have, it's still there, but I built that. Like I'm proud of that. And so the first choice I made was that. The second choice that I said, well, I can't surround myself with people who are on the other side of life. I have to surround myself with people that are at the beginning of their life. So I moved to Austin, Texas because the environment is entrepreneurship. The environment is creative. The environment people are building things and having families and da 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 da. So I want to move the energy. That was the second piece. And so that's what I did. And I didn't know what I was going to do. But I I knew that those were the two choices I had to make. I love how you said this, because this is a perfect example of what you're talking about in the beginning, clarity versus confusion. Because the first thing you did was you analyzed your environment and you had a discovery. You discovered that people who were working for someone else for so long, probably weren't happy when they were working, but certainly weren't happy when you were interacting with them. Correct. And they probably are used to just taking orders from people and doing what they're supposed to do for their whole life. They've never been able to look inside and identify something that jazzes them, you know, that they really yeah. want to do. 
And then you took action. You said, I'm not going to stay here surrounded by all of these people. Not that they're not wonderful people. I'm sure there are many wonderful people there. But you needed to be in a place that was lively, that was more clear and in line with your goal. Yeah, absolutely. Mark Island's gorgeous, but just from an energy perspective, if you're surrounded by people that are what I call, they're in their 80s, so they have a different view. They're looking at different things than surrounded by the youth, as they call it, right? So surrounded by people that are in their 20s and 30s and they're creating and developing. So the energy around in Austin and other places where the energy is growth, you get caught up in that energy. So that's why I moved here. I and mean, I'm also from Texas. So it was kind of coming home as well. But I definitely chose Austin because of that because I figured I don't know what business I'm going to create. I didn't have that figured out. I just knew I had done it once. I built a business before. That was number one. And number two, I said, I'm going to move myself into an energy. Other people are doing the same thing and I'll figure it out. And so I did. And that was a key piece. So someone said to me, Heather, you built that business, that business with that business partner. You can do it again, except this time you're going to do it for yourself. And you're not going to do it for another person. And I think that's a key piece for women. Do we are so good at lifting people up and supporting and then those people either leave the home or they get divorced or whatever. They move on and you're over there left with, what did I do for 20 years? So what are you going to build out for that you look back in 20 or 30 years ago? I built that. I created that. And I added that to the world. That's my value. And I think that's something to be proud of. Not only just the value that you add, the art, the painting, the jewelry, whatever it is, the gift is that you're actually adding commerce to the world and value. That's a key piece. You got to make money. That's a key piece as entrepreneurs. Totally agree with you there. So on a psychological end, I guess I'll say, let's talk about jewelers or someone who's doing something for a hobby, regardless of what it is. And they're thinking they want to take that next step, but they have a full-time job and there's nothing wrong with turning a hobby into a part-time income making capacity. But so many people, like we were talking about before, get stuck. It's that book. It's that hobby they want to turn into a business. How do people cross over and actually take that first action that will make that first dollar? That's a great question. So I'm going to first talk about technology because I have a background in online marketing. So the first thing is leveraging two companies, Shopify and Amazon. And the reason I'm saying that is because instead of building everything from scratch, or there's other ones out there, but Amazon has amazing traffic and you want to leverage that. And then Shopify is very easy use. So the first piece of when you have someone, an artist and try to get their product online is they get really caught up in the technology. So let's get that out of the way. Okay. And be able to use a third party system like an Amazon and then a Shopify to be able to move it to the next level. So just remove that barrier right there. The second piece is figuring out exactly if you want to do this as a hobby or a business. Now that's a big shift. Some people go, well, I'll make some and then see what happens. No, 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 no. It's all about intentionality and clarity. So if you want to make this a business where you make a product, by the way, here's what a business is. You make a product, you make a profit. Okay? Amen. So it's not about $100,000 or $50,000 a year and then all of a sudden it's a business. There is no like, well, it made 25,000 so it's a hobby and then it's 26,000 so it's a business. No. You create a product and you make a profit, profit enough to make another one. That is now a business, okay? And then you have things like copywriting and patents and you wanna make sure that your art or whatever it is, is protected, like Sexy Boss is trademarked, okay? So you wanna be smart about the product or service so that if it's really good, someone out there will, by the way, we are in a society where people rip things off all the time, you wanna be covered. You want to be smart. You want to have some legalities around it. Okay. So those are some things. But the first piece is making the first dollar. And what I mean by that is that someone purchased 
your thing, product, or service. And then you get that money and it goes into your bank account. And you look at it and you feel it and go, I created something and they just gave me money for that. I'm gonna do it again. What did I do? How did that happen? I'm gonna do it again. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? I'm gonna do it again. And the mindset of the first dollar, I remember when I made my first dollar um, in 2008, I think, is my first new business, my dating business, and it was an affiliate. And I sent out an email and I had an affiliate link and then I got this thing in my PayPal. You've made a sale. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> It's like, like really? <laughs> yeah, someone out there bought that. It's this whole new experience that they bought part of you. They bought something that you created. It's a different feel. That like let's say you worked in retail and they bought whatever, like there's no feeling there. But when they purchase and they swipe their credit card and you get money into your bank account for something you created, it's a whole new beautiful world. And I think that's the key piece. And so the getting started is just that. Getting started and making your complete clarity of mindset what you're gonna do. Now, let me give you an example of my book. Someone said to me a long time ago, hey, uh, sexy boss, I think you you know do great doing women entrepreneurship. I'm like, uh, I pondered it for about, I don't know, a couple of years. And then one day I was like, I'm gonna write a book. And it took me 90 days from concept to 100% completion. And what I mean by completion, it was not only written, it was edited and it was up on Amazon and an audiobook on Audible. No kidding, 90 days. All of that within 90 days. 90 days. Okay, so let's back that up. This is a good example. I'm not going to ask you all the specifics of how you write a book and get it on Amazon and all of that, but the very first things, like what did, okay, so you made this decision, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. Then what was the very next tangible step that you did? So for the book, I structured it. I put it in time versus esoteric. Me saying, I want to write a book with you is esoteric. Mm -hmm. There's no structure around that. When I actually put it in my calendar that I'm going to be meeting with my friend twice a week at three o'clock on Skype, and he's going to schedule his life around that, and I'm scheduling my life around that, and then we're going to go out there and make the thing happen, that's very different. Mm -hmm. It's like a personal training. People always go, I'm going to go work out. Hire a personal trainer that's waiting for you at one o'clock at the gym that you're paying for. Whole nother world. So you're taking very specific action. Structured Structured. action. Yeah. Structure. The key is structure in time, in reality. You have a meeting. You're going to the meeting. That's the key. That's what I did. Now, what's interesting about the book, all right? So, and I come from a world where people are constantly doing big launches and making Amazon bestsellers overnight and doing this whole thing. And I could have done that, but I didn't. Here's why. I wanted to just get it out. So I got it out and put it up there, November 2013. And I did a little bit of promotion. Don't get me wrong, I did promotion, but I didn't do like a big, huge like push and people push for me so I could raise it to number Mm -hmm. one, none of that. What happened is in early 2016, this year, a friend of mine said to me, hey, you know, congratulations on being bestseller on Amazon. And I I said to her, I said, oh, that's very sweet, I'm I'm not. She's like, no, you are. I'm like, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. We had this little discussion, I went online, boom, I am. Three years later, I'm more proud of that then I am a big push. Because it's organic, it's real people. Real, three years later, it's real. I was so proud, I had no idea. I literally had no idea, someone else pointed it out. So the point is, I just got it out. And then I worried about the other piece later. I focused on the promotion later. Like I'm promoting it right now, three years later. That's what you need to focus on, get it out. Just just get it out, get it out there so people can actually purchase it. I think the first person that purchased it was my boyfriend. You know, like, hey, I purchased it. You know, I'm like, oh my God. 
Well, he darn well better. He better, right? But it was about, I'm like, oh, thank you, my sister. <laughs> I purchased your book. I'm like, oh, you know. And then, of course, now strangers purchase it, right? And people that I get to know. At the same time, I didn't focus on, oh, my God, no one's going to buy it. Oh, oh, my God, I shouldn't do it because no one's going to. If you focus on that as what's going to happen. And so with your jewelry or with your gifts or whatever it is, get it out. Just get it out there and get to a point where people can purchase it. That's another thing I'm sure you probably recognize is people create something. And then they go, oh, that's great. Where do I purchase it? There's no place for them to purchase. Uh, how do I how, how do I purchase it? You know, you're like, you're cutting that off. So that's the, the key piece. I hope I explained that correctly. Yeah, I wanted to ask you one more question on the just get it out there. Where do you stand on perfection? Or do you feel like it has to be 100% perfect to get it out? Or did you just get it out? Stop waiting for perfection. Stop. You just got to stop because I can honestly say my book, Sexy Boss, I probably could open it up and re-edit it a thousand times, but you, you just have to get it out and put it out there. So no, stop waiting for perfection. So at some point you just say, okay, this is great enough. I mean, it can't be incomplete, obviously, but at some point you just say, okay, this is it. We're done. It's rolling. You know who does this really well? Software companies, beta that's in beta. It's in beta, right? Because they just get it out there because they know just getting something out there, they're going to get the feedback or they're going to get, oh, it sucks or it's great or, oh, I like this. I don't like this. And then from the beta, they know where to move, right? So that's what happened to me. I didn't know even Sexy Boss was going to people like it or not. And so from the concept of Sexy Boss, other things started to open up. I'm like, oh, people wanted this. Oh, ha have you tried that? Oh, okay. Boom, 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 boom. So it's about getting it out there. Think of it like your beta, you can always do a version two. If I wanted to, I can relaunch Sexy Boss in two years if I so choose, right? I can make it better if I so choose. But at the same time, it's about getting it out there. Make it beta. Don't worry about it. Wonderful. All right. So we've talked in terms of bringing anything that you're looking at doing to reality. Number one is specifically market in time in terms of making specific points and specific actions, whether it's meeting with somebody, whether it's doing a first draft or an outline, buying product for something that you're doing, setting up your company as an official business name, all those tangible things. Number two is getting it out there, actually doing it, producing that product, writing that book, creating the seminar, whatever it is. And then third point, which I'm really, really happy that you talked about, Heather Ann, is making sure people have a place to go and buy it from you. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, that's a key one. So that's the technology piece. That's why I said Amazon. Use someone else's platform. Okay, there's Amazon, there's Etsy, there's other ones out there. You probably know them more than I do. But I just know that one of the barriers sometimes for business owners online specifically is they get caught up in all the different technology pieces. And they get swirling around that. It's easy to get swirled. There's so many shopping carts and this and that and merchant accounts and blah, 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 blah. I always say, what's the easiest way to get it up there so someone can purchase it now? And so then you test it. Good example of that, I have a supplement company, e2lab.com. Now we have four of our products on Amazon, but we only had two for a while. And the reason I did that, because my boyfriend's like, why are you doing that? There's nobody, you know, no one knows our products. And I'm like, it's not about that. It's about giving people the option. And I'm not right now interested in building out an entire new Shopify system. I just want to get it as fast as I possibly can and that people can purchase it, you know? And yes, are we not going to make as much money as we do ourselves? Like is our cost and our fulfillment and our profit going to be smaller? Yes. 
that's okay. It's like, just get it in the hands of people. That's the key. And so then now we're actually in the process of rebuilding our entire Shopify account. But the key is just getting it out there. Yeah. And even a perfect Shopify account, or if you're going to use WordPress, you know, whichever it is, there are so many kind of quote unquote done for you platforms where you just have to slip things in. If technology gift biz listeners is where you're saying, I just don't know, you got to get over that because there are people that can help you. It's not that hard. You don't have to be the one to know all about that. So if that's the issue in terms of where you're stalling, we got to talk some more. That's not the right place to stall for sure. Yeah. Nowadays with Amazon and Etsy and Shopify, it's I mean, nowadays, 10-year-olds are building stuff, you know, so you, you'll Absolutely. get Absolutely. And you know what? I've redone my websites several times over. You're going to upgrade over time and modernize it, and maybe your image is changing and evolving a little bit. So again, I think the whole point here is taking action, getting started, putting it out there so you can see, and like Heather Ann is talking about, just getting that first dollar in, because boy, does it feel good. It does feel good. And I want to go back onto the hobby versus business for just 30 seconds. Sure. Is that um, when you have the mindset of I'm a business owner with a product, it's very different than a hobby. You think differently, you take different actions around that. That's the shift, especially when you're an, an artist or a creator of things, you have to make that mindset of a, this is my business and structure it that way. And that's just a critical piece. So you'll actually look at advertising differently. You'll look at someone asks you to an event. You'll, when someone says, oh, I love your piece, you won't give it away. Like, well, I will give you a discount of 20% if you purchase right now with your credit card because I have a little PayPal swipe while we're sitting here at lunch. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, you should be prepared. Seriously, it's like, oh, you're sitting with your girlfriend having a glass of wine. She loves your earrings. Well, I'll sell them to you for 25 versus 35. And I have, by the way, look at that. I have my swipe right now. Give me your credit card. And shing, you know? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you just pay for your lunch. So you got to think like a business owner and, and not just give your gift away. And once more reinforcing that that doesn't mean that that's your full-time profession. You can turn a hobby oh. into a profitable business and be doing that on the side. Absolutely. Extra income, supplemental, you know, enough to take the family on vacation or, you know, whatever it might be. So. Yeah, a business doesn't have to be a million dollar business. It could be a $20,000 business. It's still a business and technically under IRS, there's all kinds of good things. So yeah, you have to just focus that it's a business, not a hobby. And I on it, here's a distinction. Hobbies cost more money than they make. So you, a lot of hobbyists, they spend all this money because it's a hobby. They're not making any money off it. A business is they're actually making a profit. They're turning a profit. You are singing my song for sure. Okay, good. <laughs> All right, let's swing over now into the reflection section. This is a further look at you specifically in terms of some of the things that have helped you to get to the success level that you're at now. If you look at yourself and you go internally, what do you think is a trait that you've had all along since you were little that has helped you to take the actions that you've done? Um, <laughs> stubborn and uh, type A driven. I'm very I'm a driven personality, as they call it. So when I went to Marco Island for that time and I was doing nothing, people would go, oh, that sounds great. For me, that was almost like torture because I'm not used to that. I want to do something. I want to drive, drive, drive. So I really had to let myself, you know, wake up when I woke up and went to bed when I went to bed and not do anything that day. That was really hard for me. It was good. I'm glad I did it. But it was more of a challenge to do nothing than it was to drive. So I'm a driven person. I can totally relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> Like, just relax. I'm like, relax for a year? This is crazy, you know, but um, I did. I did do well, it. good for you. Do you meditate? I do. I do yoga. I meditate with my body 
more than just sit. Uh-huh. I meditate with my body. Uh, yes. Well, then you're farther along than I because I also, you know, I can't stay still unless I'm sleeping pretty much. And I'm always doing a couple of things at once. I honestly don't know if I could sit still long enough and watch a sunset without doing something else in addition. And that's terrible because sunsets are beautiful. I did do that. That was because well, Marco Island is on the west side of Florida. And so he gets the sunsets. It gets these, I mean, stunning. And it was something that I did do. That was my one thing to do that day. I'm going to the sunset and I would just sit there and it was beautiful. It's awesome. I wish I could do more of that. I'm not good at that. It's something I'm working on for sure. I get that. Now I don't see <laughs> Now I don't see sunsets, but because uh, of where I'm at in Austin, it's like a bunch of hills. Yeah. So there you go. All right. And what tool do you use as you're working through your day? What do you, what is the most important tool that you use during your business day? Uh, like technology specifically? Anything. Any, like when I say that, mm-hmm. whatever comes to mind. Honestly, just technology. Obviously, I'm in front of the computer a ton and I do a lot of messaging, you know, Facebook messaging, believe it or not, and Skype. I mean, I'm just a lot of, I'm connecting that way a ton. Email. I mean, that, that's really the only thing. But the one thing that I do do all the time is I have a business coach. I uh, took on a business coach almost 10 years ago, a new one about four years ago. I've always had a business coach and a coach in my ear. That's something, that's a tool for me. She's my rock when I'm not a rock. (laughs) You know what? I've recently taken on a coach and am seeing the value in doing so. I never had before because, you know, I've been in business forever. When I was in corporate world, you know, we had training and we had this and, you know, I had a boss and, you know, all of that. Then when I was in business for myself, I really didn't feel like I needed it until recently. It's just nice to have that second set of eyes, people who know exactly where you're driving to Mm -hmm. and challenging you. Yeah, because if they're a third party, that's the, the intention of a coach is that they're not your mom, they're not your sister, they're not your right. loved one or intimate friend, or they're not your girlfriend. They're someone that their job is to call you on your stuff. That's mine anyway. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then also to say, hey, you said you wanted this. Why are you not going after that and question that? And you give them that permission to do that. It's pretty powerful. In fact, when I was 26, I called my dad one time and, uh, you know, I was in tears about something in life. Who knows? And I'm like, oh, it's not working. And he's like, I'm done. He pretty much fired me. It's like he fired me as his daughter. I'm not sure how that whole thing went. I was absolutely devastated. But what I call it the day my dad dumped me, I hired a coach. He's like, you need a coach. And I think you know, now looking back, I'm at 40. I can see he probably was like, I'm too close. I'm too close and I can't help her. And so that was about a year later, I hired a coach and I've had one pretty much ever since then, even through everything, the bankruptcy and all that. Yeah, I probably would have, I don't know. I probably would have done something totally different and I don't know, I would become an Uber driver and never stop being an Uber driver, I think. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but she helped me move through the different pieces in the processing and it wasn't someone close to me, like my mom or sister, you know, it's not right. family because they have their own agenda. It's not personal. They just have their own stuff in the way. Well, and they know you too well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They know you since you were five. So they look at you particularly different, right? So, yeah. Yeah. No, great discussion. I'm glad you brought that up. Okay, and in terms of a source, whether it's a book or a podcast or something, where do you go to capture new information, new ways of doing things, something that helps you advance your business? Hmm. Okay, well, when you said book, the book that came up for me is more of a spiritual book. It's a I call it Law of the Universe book. It's called The Game of Life and How to Play It by Florence Scovel Shin. 
it's kind of a book for me. It's like, how do I live my life? Philosophy on life and wealth and money is a particular view. It's like the, what I call, there's laws in our city, in our town, like speeding. And then there's laws of the universe. And if you go against the laws of the universe, you're going to have struggle. And if you go with the laws of the universe, you're going to have flow. So that book particular talks about that. Um, as far as business, I go to an event every year, Traffic and Conversion Summit. I have for the last five, six years, have a lot going. I'm in masterminds all the time. I'm constantly listening to other people in business and asking them questions of what are they doing. That's how I kind of keep my ear to the ground of what's happening because there's just so much going on technology wise and business. You just can't do it all every day. So surrounding yourself with other people that are in the same place and listening and and adding value. That's how I kind of keep up. Wonderful. And we ask that question so that we can see other avenues, other areas and ways people can learn and rub shoulders with other people, yeah. etc. Masterminds. So. All right. And Heather Ann was talking about a game of life. I don't know if that's an audiobook or not, but you can it always is. check it out. All right, then. And so Gift Biz listeners, as you know, I've teamed up with Audible. And if you would like to get a book and listen to a game of life and haven't done so already, just go over to giftbizbook.com and you can select a book for free on me. My book is on Audible, Sexy Boss. Super. All right. Sexy boss then too. And of course, we're linking that up in the show notes pages as well. So there'll be direct links if you're near a computer right on the show notes page where you can capture all of that. Okay, Heather Ann, we're swinging into our dare to dream section. I want you to dream. I'd like to present you with a virtual gift. It's a magical box containing unlimited possibilities for your future. This is your dream or your goal of almost unreachable heights that you would wish to obtain. Please accept this gift and open it in our presence. What is inside your box? Oh, wow. Um, so Megan Kelly of Fox News, I just love her. Love her. And <laughs> I just feel if I could be anyone, it'd be her or do what she does. I just love her. I feel like I just embody her. You know, I just try to embody her. Um, I just love who she is and what she represents. I've been watching her since the first day of her show. So I would say like a career like hers. I don't want to be like Oprah. I'm not into Oprah's. No, I, I'm more like Megan Kelly. I just really love who she is and her, her way of being. So it would be in a career like that be interviewing people and just on the edge of what's happening and just being a role model for people and women around the world. Well, and you know what? I mean, Megan Kelly, like I said, I absolutely love her too. And you can create yourself into someone similar to her, but your very own person. So someone someday will be saying, I wish I could be Heather Ann Havenwood. Oh my gosh. Yeah, well, I, to me, she's a sexy boss. Like she embodies sexy boss for me, which is a way of being for I see her, I'm like, you know, you, who you are for me is sexy boss, Megan Kelly. If you're ever listening, I just want to meet you. Um, <laughs> I, it, but it's only, I, I also say as a woman, it's been very few times in my life, very, very rare that I could like honestly say, I really like somebody like, wow, they're amazing. I want to be like them. I can't, I can't even think, well, Madonna, when I was a kid, mm -hmm. but that was it. There wasn't really anyone else. So Megan Kelly's been really the only person in the last 10 or 15 years that I can say, wow, that is a person that I can really honor and appreciate who she is. And I would love to meet her, but only, you know, emulate her. She's an amazing mentor. I'm not even going to say this. I mean, we don't really know each other that well, but I see similar characteristics. I mean, you're very bold. You're very open. You're very articulate. 
I think we all ought to be watching you and see what happens with your career. That's what I think. <laughs> Thank you. I'm honored. I'm blushing. Thank you. And I'm I always I... only say the truth or I don't say it at all. So you know I really am sincere what I'm saying, what I'm saying. Oh, no, I feel it. Thank you so much. <laughs> so if our listeners wanted to connect up with you now on the show notes page, there's going to be face your Facebook website, all of that. But if someone wanted to somehow connect up with you, what would be the single place you would suggest they go? Well, if they want to work with me. It's HeatherHavenwood.com. HeatherHavenwood.com. But I'd like to give your listeners a gift. Oh, your gift. Ooh, and I don't even know about this. I'm curious. Okay. My uh, book is on Audible, and you can get that through your link, which is great. I give away three free chapters of the book, just three, not the whole thing, um, as a taste, because it's me, I'm the author of the book, and I'm also the voiceover of the book. It's amazing. So I give away three free chapters of the book. You can text the word sexy to 72000. So text the word sexy, S-E-X-Y, to 72000, and you get three free chapters of the book. And then if you like it, you can go to your link and you can get the uh, audiobook book if you want. Super. Wonderful. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. And most of us who are listening are probably on our phones. So we're yes. going to be done pretty quickly. So sexy is the word and 72000. So really easy to remember. Yes. Go for it and then tell us you did it in the comment section of the show notes. I want to yeah, I want to know. <laughs> Okay, Heather, Ann, it has been so wonderful chatting with you today. I really like your perspective because you're giving us a different angle we've talked about before. And I really, really appreciate the reinforcement of hobby versus a business. I think we can't hear that enough. So driving that home throughout our chat today has been extremely valuable. And we've got to all remember, it's all about that first dollar, right? <laughs> yes, it is all about the first dollar. Make your first dollar. That's right. So thank you very much. I so appreciate you taking the time. We are all going to have our eyes on you and watching you progress in your career. And may your candle always burn bright. Thank you. Learn how to work smarter while developing and growing your business. Download our guide called 25 Free Tools to Enhance Your Business and Life. It's our gift to you and available at giftbizunwrap.com tools. Thanks for listening and be sure to join us for the next episode. Today's show is sponsored by The Ribbon Print Company. Looking for a new income source for your gift business? Customization is more popular now than ever. Brand your products with your logo or print a happy birthday Jessica ribbon to add to a gift right at checkout. It's all done right in your shop or craft studio in seconds. Check out theribbonprintcompany.com for more information. After you listen to the show, if you like what you're hearing, make sure to jump over and subscribe to the show on iTunes. That way you'll automatically get the newest episodes when they go live. And thank you to those who have already left a rating and review. By subscribing, rating, and reviewing, you help to increase the visibility of Gift Biz Unwrapped. It's a great way to pay it forward to help others with their entrepreneurial journey as well. 